Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. David, what did you think of our guest Zeke last week and the dangers of long COVID? Zeke was, it was good. You know, I'm always waiting. I, I, I thought we should extend the podcast. I wait to hear some good news, but eventually we had to cut it off before things went further downhill. But I mean, it was very, very informative. That was a great podcast. I, I, I thought I was disappointed that you couldn't provoke him with a good question or two last. He wasn't, he wasn't as caught. We'll bring him back and I'm sure he'll, he'll light it, light, light it up again with some, some uh, kinetic energy. He's, um, but it was, it was a little bit of a sermon of the dour. I agree with you. And, and David, what, what, uh, do, are, should, is it time to rethink our, our, our somewhat, somewhat dismissive view of monkeypox? I guess, John, it's hard to take it seriously, you know, with a name like that. Uh, it's been declared now, you know, this is the highest level of a, of a health emergency. You can't an say- international, An international yeah, health emergency. You can't say we didn't see it coming. Um, I don't know, John, the, you know, they're talking about getting the vaccine approved. I don't see people lining up for one more vaccine. Uh, hopefully it, the cases will at least be a little bit mild. Um, but don't you don't you think this is another failure of public health? I mean, if we were testing broadly, we kind of know where this is. I mean, my my fear is is not the current version of monkeypox, but having eradicated smallpox, my worry is that it could mutate. So maybe depending on whether this grows, maybe it's a topic for another time. But David, are are we going to build back better ever? Well, we maybe we get back to the topic at hand. I, I guess, John, those are the, the three Bs. So the, usually the building blocks are ABC, but here it's, uh, it's, it's BBB. You know, of course, the Build Back Better w referred to the uh, something that originally was a big plan about climate change, tax reform, and so on. Uh, and, and now it's not, John. So here's my first question for you, John. What happened to the Build Back Better plan? Well, I, I think but President Biden was elected as a moderate and put together, saw this opportunity because he, most presidents realized their biggest leverage is in the first year or two and saw those massive fat COVID relief bills as a, the new standard and kind of took all of his agenda and put it in there. And I think, you know, of the six ish trillion dollars, I mean, it's hard to imagine we've gone from B's to T's. Two billion was originally part of the COVID bill. But as a practical matter, the next four trillion, um, people, people pushed back a little bit thinking it was, uh, it was extremely, it, it was an extremely high amount of money and an uncertain that it was really the right set of bills at the right time because it felt like everything in the Biden agenda plus was being shoved into that bill. I agree, John. You know, they used to say, you know, a billion here, a billion there, and pretty soon you're talking about real money. And now we went from a billion to not just 10 billion or 100 billion, but a trillion here, a trillion there. And, and then it got to be, it got pretty, pretty big. And I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, how Joe Manchin blocked Build Back Better. And, uh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't just Joe Manchin blocking. It was Kirsten Cinema. And you sort of wonder whether there are a couple of other moderates here or there who were encouraging Joe and Kirsten Cinema to be the, uh, the, the, the flame barrier for the political hot seat that they put themselves in. But Joe Manchin's always managed from the middle. He's always yeah. tried to uh, be a thoughtful friend to business. He's particularly flexible if you happen to be in the coal business. Yeah. Um, because as, 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 as we, as we cook the planet, 
he thinks that co- the, the coal companies have gotten a raw deal, I guess. But, but, but I think that's a, a little bit of a distraction. I think he yeah. genuinely believed that this bill, uh, was just too much at the, too, too much too soon. Well, John, I think you're, I think you're right. He also may have gotten confused by the message Santa was trying to send him by putting a bag of coals out for him, uh, every year. It is interesting though, if you look at it from the standpoint of, of his current, uh, objections, and, uh, we're going to talk in, in a minute about, you know, why is Build Back, uh, better a healthcare bill now? But one of the things that he's saying is, hey, let's see how inflation is doing before we add anything else onto it. And he could certainly be looked at as a real moderate voice that's sort of, you know, holding back massive spending at a time where you're going to have inflation. I mean, you know, why is Build Back better a healthcare bill now? Well, it, it, we're building back smaller. I mean, if you, if you compare it to the, to the original bill. And right now, what the president's trying to get through, which makes a ton of sense, is to allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices, although it's pretty thin. It's only 10 drugs in the first year. Yeah. It's an extension of, of support for the elderly to, uh, per, uh, to per- participate in the exchanges and to kind of have their insurance pay for the, the elderly and the, and the, and, and folks, the income who are poor, um, to actually be able to purchase health insurance. And it's particularly focused on capping out of pocket drug costs for the elderly at $2,000 and also limiting the traditional ability that big pharma has had to gouge, uh, the consumer, the employer, uh, the enterprise, the country, um, by capping it, uh, drug prices to inflation. And if there's, if they, the prices are higher, they have to rebate that back to the consumer. So it is largely drug pricing and insurance subsidies is kind of what we're back to. So it's, it's sort of, a building broader healthcare or limiting kind of the drug, trying to break that cost curve of drugs that's kind of bankrupting America. It is interesting, John, when you look at you know what's in the Build Back Better bill at this point, as you say, it's two main things are the drug pricing rules and then the ACA subsidy extensions. And we're back into the uh, realm of billions of dollars here. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly, the, the ACA subsidies are for those uh, who are making between 100 to 400% of the poverty level of income, they can get a subsidy on buying uh, health insurance. That's extended for two years. Now, the cost of that, uh, if if we were to go for, for 10 years, is $40 billion. It's actually not that much money. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, the drug pricing rules, the expectation is that it will reduce the deficit by about $300 billion over 10 years. So Build Back Better, rather than going uh, to being an expensive spending bill, is actually one that should net a lot of savings, which is one reason I think that the moderates are supportive of it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tricky because historically, with all of the money that pharma spends, you know, buying influence in D.C., they've been able to block even modest drugs. Um, drug re- regulations around uh, around permitting the feds to negotiate drug prices, which every other industrialized country does, by the way. Um, and we have paid, we pay the highest prices in the world. Um, and uh, the, so I'm cautiously optimistic that there's alignment. I'm, I'm optimistic at least Dave a little bit because, you know, the majority of Republicans believe that, that uh, we have to do something about drug pricing and are open to uh, the government negotiating some prices. And, and this is a very limited bill. It's, again, we're talking 10 drugs a year. It's, it's, yeah. it's really pretty thin. Well, John, I, I, I want to bring up one of our favorite topics and favorite people here. Um, 
And I'm going to ask a bit of a leading question about uh, insulin prices, because we're always talking about insulin. And of course, you know, this is really kind of at the top of the list. You're talking about Medicare negotiating drug pricing. So will Build Back Better reduce insulin prices? I mean, there's there there's a deal to be had on insulin. But Joe Manchin, for, again, unclear why, but he's really looking to this Susan Collins, who's the Republican senator from Maine, and Jean Shaheen's the Democratic senator from New Hampshire. And they're both actually consciously, strategically moderate, and they're apparently trying to cook something up. Uh, again, this is this is very frustrating for anyone who's a Democrat, but is very consistent with the way Joe Manchin governs. And again, the Democrats wouldn't even have a have a hair's breadth shot at passing anything without Joe Manchin, because he's he is that's a Trump, I think, plus 20, if not plus 40 state. West Virginia is extremely yeah. Trumpy. And so Joe Manchin's the best you're going to get. You're not going to see another Democrat in that seat. The other thing that's sort of interesting about um, what's going on right now is all of this, in order to pass the 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 bill with 50 votes, uh, the Senate's going to use something called reconciliation, which is a parliamentary process that requires that the bill that they propose, uh, in order not to be filibustered, filibuster would require 60 to 61 votes, um, 60 votes without the plus the vice president. Um, so reconciliation allows you to pass it with a simple majority, 50 plus one. Uh, but that parliamentarian has not spoken. So they're drafting a bill. They, the Democrats, are drafting a bill that needs to get to that 50 vote threshold. And then the the what is in versus out of the bill has to be accepted by the Senate parliamentarian as t as sort of technically a budget uh, uh, item um, and would qualify for this reconciliation process. And I think that that's also going to be a challenge. I mean, I think, again, and, and the frustrating thing for me, David, is I think there's a lot of good in this current version of the health, better health care yeah. bill, building a better health care bill. Um, but we've all been distracted by these other trillion-dollar uh, uh, Christmas lists. Well, John, you know, we, we've had Ivy League professors on the last two or three uh, weeks, and I'm, I, I see you've stepped in with your, uh, your lecturing uh, in order to tell us about the parliamentarian, etc. Well, I think, I think you kind needed of, the does help. Does he carry some sort of like a scepter or something? I think, I, think you, you, I think you needed the help, David. <laughs> no, if, you just, if you've done your research, you realize that you can't just bloviate. You have to, on what's in the bill, you have to actually talk about how to get the bill passed. All right. Well, uh, the reason I mentioned, you know, the insulin bill is uh, Susan Collins, I think, was was you mentioned the former president. I think it was his favorite favorite senator because she'd always, you know, it's like uh, she was misled by the, the justice uh, nominee. Kavanaugh. And, yeah. And she, you know, she just thought all these things were going to going to happen here. And I, I guess she thinks a bipartisan bill on insulin is going to is going to pass. Whereas I saw that. uh you know, some of the Democrats were saying, you know, I tried counting to 10 a bunch of different ways, and it just doesn't get there in terms of the Republican vote. So I think we're going to be nowhere on insulin. Um, and, you know, I think you have to ask, you know, what will happen if Build Back Better is passed? I mean, what are the benefits? Is there anything really, or is but, it just something on paper? Oh, no, there's this is this. The, the, well, we're talking about the current health care bill. Yeah. 
which is really not the original Build Back Better. It's only, right. it's, it's improving Small healthcare. Fee. I think, look, if there, if there, if there are greater ACA subsidies for people who can't afford paying their insurance premiums and Medicare can start negotiating drug prices and we can cap the burden on individuals, it's going to help millions of people, David. I mean, I, I, I think just because it's small and targeted doesn't mean it isn't going to have a very large impact on the patients and the, the vulnerable populations that are going to be affected. I'm just frustrated that we didn't try to pass some of these bills early on when with all that positive mojo that, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, all that Joe Mintum, um, uh, yeah. we could have actually gotten, uh, gotten something done. We forgot about that one, John. You know, I think, of course, the question people want to ask is, you know, will build back better help Democrats win in the midterms? The way I look at it is that there's good talking points on drug prices. That might be helpful. There's also something on the defensive side. So this, uh, if the subsidies had expired, you'd actually start to see that uh, in October, just before the election, because the rates have to be set for, for next year. The extension keeps the status quo in place. And so that's a, a net positive, but it's not going to be something new uh, that folks are seeing. So I guess a build back better. I feel we need a fourth B in there, John. What's your nomination? Build, build back better because... I, I, I don't think so. I think we should, should try to get this bill passed when we can and it'll, 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 it'll help people. I mean, the, the reality is in terms of the impact on the elections, I don't think this is going to have a big impact on the elections. I think Roe v. Wade may have a very large effect. Yeah. If you look at polls, the Dobbs decision that turned over Roe v. Wade has moved suburban voters as fast as most postals have ever seen in their entire careers. I don't think, I think the Democrats are in tough shape because of inflation and because of just a, a sense of anomie. Did you learn that at your, at, at Wellesley? Oh, jeez, John, you know, word. that is a tough one. Um, the sense, the, the sense of anxiety that people feel. Post I know that one. Um, good, good. Try, try, I work, I work with a, I work with a partner I've got. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that this Dobbs decision is going to be much more impactful than build back better. But what do you think? Well, John, I thought, you know, bonhomie was the word that I was looking for. I think maybe that's the uh, that's the fourth B that we can stick on there. I, I do think that uh, it's a positive to see something uh, get done and that you're right. Roe v. Wade is going to be a, a bigger deal. This is a, an important bill and kind of makes sense to me, actually, with the two trillion that actually was passed and has been implemented. We need to deal with climate change. Uh, does it need to be done in the context of this bill? Maybe not. Can it wait till September? I guess so. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we should declare victory and, uh, and go home, John. That's my thought. So with that, let's say that's it for yet another episode of Care Talk. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. If you like what you heard or you didn't, please subscribe on your favorite service. <laughs>